our goal with our young adult ministry is just to help young adults move faithfully in Christ uh, while living in the culture and, and being bombarded with all kinds of messages uh, and, and really all kinds of comparison with what their friends are doing. And just how do you stay faithful to Jesus as you're walking through this life, especially in this stage, I think is huge. Well, what's up, guys? We hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Please subscribe and you'll never miss a thing. We want to invite you, Mark. March 1st and 2nd to Minneapolis, Minnesota for the Young Adults Today Leader Conference. This is for pastors, next-gen leaders, people leading young adult ministries from across the country. It won't be the same without you there. Why should they come? Well, you should be coming because you can have an amazing opportunity to meet your next best friend, potentially understand that you are not alone in leadership, but also just get poured into and just take a deep breath of like, what does God have for me? What does he have for the ministry? And how can I get a breath of fresh air in my lungs and in my sails as I begin 2024? There'll be breakout sessions, there'll be worship, there'll be some speakers and an opportunity for us just to get to do life and fun together. And we don't have to be strangers anymore. We get to be friends. It's incredible. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the King's Council. Riley Meek is the founder and the King's Council really is your tribe especially if you're a young leader, mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to move from entrepreneur to entrepreneur, maybe 2024 is the year that you start a side hustle, start a nonprofit, start a business. The King's Council has courses, mastermind communities that you can find other like-minded people because look, leadership does not need to be lonely. You can find out more by visiting slash partners and visit more in the show notes here's today's episode well hey everyone my name is sam and i just want to extend a special thank you for supporting josiah and micah and the young adults today ministry as someone who's felt the direct impact of your support whether that's contributions and donations or just prayer from someone who's felt that firsthand thank you so much you made a difference in my life and god is truly working through this ministry The story starts in January of 2020. I was at a conference down in the Twin Cities. I was a student at North Dakota State. I met Josiah and I was kind of at a crossroads of deciding to follow the Lord or continue to do things my own way. And he said, I want you to go up to your room right now and I want you to read 1 Kings 18. And it says, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And it was during that time that I made the decision that I was just going to go all in with Christ and see what a life with him could look like. And over the course of those years, Josiah and Micah have been with me every step of the way, whether it's been listening to the podcast or helping me lead a young adult group at our church. They've been with us as I was navigating a move to across the country um, and then also through dating, engagement, and now into marriage with my wife. They've been with us every step of the way. But that's all thanks to you guys ultimately God and God working through you. So thank you. That's just a little glimpse of my story, but my life has been changed from that conversation that I got to have in January. And we've got to see the fruit and the friendship and relationship continue to grow over the past three plus years. So thank you so much for your part in that. 
This is the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about the faith of the next generation and reaching young adults for Christ in our world today. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Monday. If you are tuning in for the very first time, you know, or maybe you don't know yet, that every single Monday we want to help you start your week strong in leadership, in ministry, on your college campus, in your church, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever you are listening, you can expect a new Monday episode to drop with some of our favorite people, our favorite guests, authors, pastors, people who are doing young adult ministry, who are kind of just trying to answer the questions that all of us are asking or that we are going to ask sometime in our life of leadership, or maybe you're the 18 to 30 year old listening and tuning in today. But we just want to say, if you would love to, or we would love for you actually to rate, review, subscribe, let us know how we're doing and just let us know well, how God's moving in your life and what has been going on on your side of the world if you're listening over there. So we have an incredible guest today. Um, we'll just say, Danny, welcome to the show. Josiah's getting introduced to you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, guys. Uh, honor. And you guys do an amazing job at this. Like, just so you know, this amazing husband and wife, like combination, uh, tackling this together. I love it. And I'm just honored to be a part of this for sure. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. And Danny is a friend of ours. He's our guest today on Young Mm -hmm. Adults Today podcast, but God's allowed Danny to be involved in student ministry for seven years, church planting in New York City for two years, and now serving full-time at BT Church in South Texas as the young adults and online pastor. What I notice is a lot of our friends in the young adult ministry world, it's like young adults and youth. Oh, gosh, yeah. And... And, and, and what's beautiful about that is you have a heart for the house. You have a heart for God's people and to serve. And that's just an amazing way to do it. And can we just kick it to you? We'd love to hear some of your journey of life and leadership. Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Uh, So I'll start off with saying that uh, for my story, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, The joke I always use whenever I teach like at a student camp or young adult conference or something, uh, especially like if the audience is like, you know, they grew up in the kids ministry, kids camp, student camp. uh, I always say I've never seen an episode of VeggieTales and that's still true today. Uh, Maybe one day I might jump into it, but I I still don't really know what it is. I just know it was like a a church thing for for kids. Uh, But yeah, so didn't grow up in the church. My my family, uh, just for whatever reason, didn't go. Um, And I got invited to church for the first time, uh, like seventh or eighth grade in junior high uh, by a guy on our football team. He just kind of like every single Wednesday was like, hey, come to church with me, come to church with me. And I kind of realized that uh, he was never going to stop inviting me until I said yes. Um, And so I was like, all right, bro, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say yes to this one invitation, but you're going to promise to stop inviting me because I just know you're not going to stop. So I finally go with him and actually had a blast. Like I'd never experienced a youth ministry before. Uh, And so it was really there, like in junior high that I got introduced to church. Um, And then when I got into high school, my freshman year, uh, lived a pretty rebellious lifestyle in and out of relationships, uh, partying, just kind of that whole lifestyle. And then my junior year in high school, I got invited to church again to be a part of a different youth group. Uh, And this one was by uh, a girl. And, uh, you know, sometimes girls kind of entice guys to, to, you know, join a Wednesday night group. Uh, And that's what happened to me. And and through that, I met uh, who became my youth pastor. uh, And he and I just got like really, really close. Uh, He just, for whatever reason, saw something in me, would take me out to coffee, to lunches, and we just hang out. And he would answer my questions about the Bible. And it was just really a good time. And so going into my senior year was when I gave my life to Jesus. Um, So that kind of uh, stirred really a heart for like student ministry, for like entering into the college world as well, because that's when I began my journey uh, in my relationship with Christ. 
uh, and kind of pausing a little bit, um, really that really also transformed my family. Uh, my parents were really supportive. Uh, right when I got saved, I kind of knew that I had a call to ministry. I started serving in my church, became like an intern and worked at a summer camp and did those sort of things. Uh, and my parents were like, yeah, like do it, like have fun. Um, and anytime I would do something, whether it's like I got an opportunity to teach or speak or do something, they'd always would show up and support. Um, and and uh, I'll, I'll say this really fast. Uh, I think this is true for anywhere, for any teenager, or any college student that lives in your hometown. Your dream is to get out of that hometown. Uh, you're just like, I, give me anywhere from here. But that's so true of South Texas. Um, and I, my, my dream was, man, God, anywhere like San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, anywhere. I never thought New York city, but that happened too. Um, and, and really what happened was, uh, as I was moving away from South Texas, uh, I got the opportunity to be a student pastor in, in my hometown and, and man, that scared the life out of me. Cause I didn't want to like, I feel like I was just in my hometown, but then kind of God softened my heart. Uh, it was like, you get to minister to, to high school students that like you once were, that you'd lived the lifestyle they lived. Um, and so that was a really cool opportunity. And so when, when, whenever we were deciding, uh, my wife Summer and I, to, to be uh, involved in ministry in South Texas, uh, one thing I told her was like, hey, if we do this, my parents will come to church every Sunday uh, and my brother will come to church every Sunday. And that's what happened. And I got to baptize my brother at our church and, and my parents have been transformed. It's just been a really cool journey. Uh, just God's faithfulness and all that. And so uh, in very short, that's kind of been my journey. Uh, called to ministry pretty, pretty early on, like about 18 years old and been doing ministry ever since. Danny, we absolutely love that. And we were able to spend some time with you and your wife mm -hmm. um, at an event that we were just at a few months ago. And it was so fun to get to hear your story and just the, the journey that God has you on. And you have a heart for that demographic of people, for the young adult. And mm -hmm. I would just be curious to ask, why do you believe that young adult ministry is so vital and important mm -hmm. in this day and age? Man, uh, it, it's such a crucial stage of life. And I'm sure like a lot of people have said this already, but just that like from 18 to 30, 18, 29, whatever the age bracket is, uh, you're trying to figure out so many things. You're trying to like really like solidify like what do I actually believe in? Like my parents have told me this stuff. My grandparents have told me some stuff. Uh, my youth pastor or, or community that I'm involved in has told me some stuff like, but what do I actually believe in? Uh, which I think is so important. Like I love the passage when Jesus is saying, who, who do they say that I am? But disciples, like who do you say that I am? Like it has to be a personal faith. And mm -hmm. so I think you really get that in a lot uh, in this stage period where you're challenged by people, challenged by friends and maybe even, you know, people people in college and things like that. Uh, so you're trying to figure out what you believe in. You're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, I was, when I entered into college, um, I, I knew I was called to ministry. I didn't know what it looked like. So I went to a regular university and I studied mechanical engineering for two years just because I like math and I like science. Um, and it took me a while to like give God my full yes. So I wasted two years of school in mechanical engineering uh, that, you know, kind of still paying student loans for a little bit, uh, but that's totally cool. Um, but it's like, you're trying to figure out like, what path do I, do I need to take or what path do I feel God calling me to take? Uh, what job am I going to go after when I graduate? What community am I going to be a part of? What city am I going to live in? Who am I going to date? Who am I going to marry? And so I love, I love saying that to our young adults and kind of making them feel overwhelmed a little bit and then saying, Hey, but the beauty of being a part of a local church is we get to figure this out together. Um, and, and I, I think it's a huge calling to be able to, uh, just help navigate that season. Uh, like, you know, I had a youth pastor who loved on me enough to help uh, guide me. Uh, but also like, I wish I had a financial advisor to said, Hey, like, like don't do this with your money or the lack of money that you have. 
actually today, the day of this recording, uh, I help lead our interns uh, at our church. We have six of them right now that are all young adults. Uh, and today's session is about uh, financial advisement. There's a, a lady, her and her husband at our church, they wrote a book together on their journey of their financial uh, kind of like story. And so she's coming in to do that. But it's like, man, like, I think that's so huge of just helping them gain genuine life skills. Uh, and, and our goal with our young adult ministry is just to help young adults move faithfully in Christ mm-hmm. uh, while living in the culture and, and being bombarded with all kinds of messages uh, and, and really all kinds of comparison with what their friends are doing. And just how do you stay faithful to Jesus as you're walking through this life, especially in this stage, I think is huge. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And I love that you had kind of talked about how Really, there's no such thing as a secondhand faith. God doesn't have spiritual grandchildren. Mm -hmm. It's all about a personal relationship with Jesus. And our Mm -hmm. role as young adult ministry leaders is to come alongside. And I I think that you hit it dead on the money. Like part of our role is part life coach. Mm -hmm. Seriously, like Mm -hmm. adding for those interns a session on financial health mm-hmm. and budgeting. Yeah. And and this is stuff that you're probably not getting at home, depending what home no. you grew up in. Right. You're probably yeah. not getting at school, uh, depending what your major is. And then where, you know, are you getting advice on your money from TikTok? Like right. this is where the community of faith, your point is so, so beautiful and mm-hmm. well received. And we get to figure this out together. And I'd be curious, you know, like very few of our friends, we had an entrepreneur on recently and he Mm. is crushing it in the business world. And he went to school for like worship leading. And it's so funny (laughs) how like sometimes for different seasons and it's, it's like, he wastes nothing. Mm. My only point would be like, I don't think he wasted those two years of mechanical engineer. I think somehow some way it's gonna something be, will happen something will happen but but danny talk about what gives you the juice what fires you up what makes you excited about this next generation gen z oh man um well one um uh, most importantly i i love the local church uh i i you know i love parachurch ministries They're, they do amazing work and i think one the local church should come alongside parachurch ministries a lot better um but i you know to think that this is what Jesus came to to establish and build uh, the local church to me is the hope of the world. And so uh, I was reading a stat, I think it was Lifeway Research that the average age of a senior pastor is like 57 now. Um, yeah. And I just think like, man, like, like, this next generation is really starting to rise up. Uh, so like, what are we doing as an older generation of people who've been in ministry for a little bit and people, you know, beyond uh, to really pour into the next generation, not just expecting them to finally get to that point one day, but really empowering them uh, to get there. And so, um, and I know that we've heard uh, Grant uh, Skeldon say this a lot, but just the next generation is so passionate. Um, and so how are we like harnessing that passion as well? Because uh, one thing I've seen, is young adults will get passionate about something. Uh, the church will then come and like systematize it up. And then it's like, okay, now they go do it somewhere else because they like felt stifled. And so one of the things that we're trying to, to navigate is how can we help, um, you know, just empower the passion that they have uh, alongside the local church and, and using local church resources to come alongside together. Uh, but I, I just love uh, helping the next generation uh, figure out what they want to do. Um, you know, I, I'm, from a Baptist church. And so we do a response call every single Sunday, call to salvation, come to the front, right? Um, kind of like, you know, traditional style. 
And what I've kind of noticed is, is we do uh, a call to salvation every single Sunday. And one thing that we've been kind of challenging each other as pastoral staff um, is, is how often do we do like a call to ministry? Like every Sunday, we mm. expect people in the room to, to not know Jesus. So we're always going to do a call to salvation. But what if someone in the room who's been following Jesus for quite some time, they've kind of grown up in our kids ministry and student ministry, and now they're in our young adult ministry to give them the opportunity to say, Hey, you might be a call to ministry. Like, what does that look like for you that you're pursuing this path of maybe you're in communications or journalism, whatever, which is great. Like, like, like you said, uh, God can use that. Um, but, but what, is, what will it look like for you to step into a call to ministry? So that's something we've been challenging our young adults with a lot. Uh, cause several of them have, grown up in our church and they go to college here now and they've been a part of BT for a while. Uh, so how can we help them uh, navigate a call to ministry? And, and and that's kind of what's kind of spurred the idea, uh, idea of doing the internship for our church to help give them some resources and some training and some uh, really exposure to ministry life. And that's been really fun. We've done that for almost a year now. Um, and so, yeah, but I just love the next generation uh, and I'm excited to see what they do because they're so passionate um, and it's going to be, I have a lot of hope uh, for the future of the church uh, for sure. So. Danny, I think that's amazing that you're able to do that and to provide those opportunities and to recognize when's the last time we truly did a call to ministry? Mm-hmm. Because I think even just the three of us on this call, there was a moment where we were all called to ministry. Yeah. There was a moment. A summer it's, camp. it's like, it's a mile marking moment of like this spiritual encounter you have with God of just like, okay, you're calling me to ministry. Am I going to say yes? You know, and sometimes it takes people like you said, I was really wrestling by going all in and, but you did, and you did say, yep, Lord, here I am, send me. And I think ministry Mm. is such an amazing, beautiful thing. And it's not saying yes to salvation. It's not saying yes to like a water baptism. Those are, yes, those are essential, but it's like, when we say yes to ministry, that's a whole different level of responsibility, of leadership, mm-hmm. of dedication to the Lord and his people by becoming a shepherd yourself to, you know, the people God is placing before us. And even if they're, even if the listener, if your if your young adults are not called specifically to be a pastor, to be a church right. planter, to be whatever it is in the ministry world, they're going to be ministers in the coffee shop. Come on. Yes, they're going to be ministers- so over yeah. the people they're performing surgeries on. They're going to be the right. ministers in the classroom of the people who don't yet know Jesus. And I think when we kind of get that That's mindset good. of like, okay, and I will say this, like, I'm so proud of you guys for actually calling a response of saying, come forward to the front if you want to say yes to Jesus. And here's why. John Chris said this perfectly in one of his little skits or whatever. What do you want to call them? Bits. Night, bits. <laughs> skits stand, stand, and up. Bits, stand up comedy. And he's like, hey, remember like in the 90s, like if you said yes to Jesus, like you had to actually get up out of your seat and like walk up front and like let everybody know that you just said yes and it's uncomfortable right. like look at my shoulders like that's uncomfortable and like, well, <laughs> then the next round of it was okay everybody close your eyes on the count of three raise your hand one yeah. god's moving two if you want to do it, like raise your hand three raise your hand and now we've get to this point where like hey um open up your phones and scan this qr code if you right. to jesus jesus is not a barcode Okay. Let's like, let's just get real here. So when you say like, Hey, we are asking people to surrender their life to Christ and tangibly, physically get up in front of an audience and say, wow, I'm all in baptism. Like your family, like you said, you were able to baptize your brother. That's an 
outward declaration of an inward transformation. Uh-huh. That is the next stage of salvation, baptism. Right. Like that's biblical. That's and, and at our church, we practice says, you know? uh, like on the spot baptisms. Like we always have towels, shirts, spontaneous. and boards ready to go. Um, and yeah, so we do that. Like, so a lot of times we'll ask our worship team, like, hey, for response time, uh, play a couple of songs, be ready, because we might have some baptisms. Because they'll yes. see people come to the front. And so then our pastoral team will go and, and talk to them to kind of see uh, their decision. Cause you know, sometimes it's rededication or something like that, which is totally fine um, or repentance of something. And so, uh, but if it's, you know, they've never been baptized and they just generally accepted Jesus, then we'll do baptisms right there. And sometimes it's cool. It's, it's actually overflowing into the, the, the start of the next service. Cause we have, you know, multiple services. Uh, so overflowing too late, we'll end the service and we actually kick off the next service with baptism is like, Hey, this person just responded at 9 a.m. We're going to baptize them right now. Uh, so that's been really that. cool too. Uh, but yeah, no, our, our senior pastor is really good about uh, just that call to response of like, Hey, like, like let's make a decision. If you feel led to do that right now. That's so good. I wonder if part of the, you know, some call it a leadership crisis or a future of the church, you know, certainly it's a call to action, but the aging clergy, the, the, the mm-hmm. fact that 60, years old is the average age of a minister right now of a, of a pastor of a church. I wonder if some of it isn't um, the, the solution of that. I wonder if some of it isn't just us as those who are called to mm-hmm. equip the saints and, and to, right. it could be from a stage. It could be mm-hmm. a moment in a service. It could certainly be at camps and right. weekend retreats. And those are definitely more free flowing experiences where there's, you're a little less hindered on time. Like you're not bumping Mm -hmm. up against the 11 AM service or whatever, but I just wonder even one-on-one, like, Hey, have you ever, I've just noticed some of these gifts. Have you ever thought about exploring a call of ministry? I'm not saying you're called. Have you ever sensed Mm -hmm. a call? Like talk about where you're at with that. And, and I just think giving people Mm -hmm. an opportunity. And I would just say my experience, um, believe it or not, just over a decade in full-time ministry right now. Mm. And um, I just think that ministry is a great life. I've served in a local church and campus missionaries on a college campus. Now we've been about a year and a half into leading young adults today as a nonprofit, but Mm. the life of ministry is a life of faith. It's a life of adventure. Our, Our youngest daughter, like she learned the word adventure. And you asked, one day we were driving in the car, she goes, I want to go on an adventure. She's cute. And I'm like, so cool. Baby girl. Let's do it. Buckle up. Adventure of a life. I want to go on an adventure too. And and so, I mean, Mm. getting practical here for this next segment, Danny, I I want to talk for the listener. Take us to BT Church. What does a young adult night look like at your church and your ministry? Uh, so cool. Um, so yeah, it's been a cool journey. Uh, the, our young adult ministry, I guess, um, kind of started, you know, a little bit post COVID, a lot of ministries shut down, obviously with the pandemic, uh, when I was a youth pastor here, uh, they had like a young adult group. Uh, it was a Friday night Bible study, uh, not really like a service, uh, but it, it was great. Our associate pastor led it and, you know, he would teach on just some really cool stuff. Um, and kind of one of the fears that we had, just speaking, you know, tangibly about our church, uh, was kind of creating student ministry 2.0. Uh, yeah. Some of our leadership team was like, "Ah, oh, we don't really want to do that. Uh, we don't want to create a church within a church uh, as well. 
but my thought too was like, man, we have like 20,000 college students that don't go to church in our area. So we got to give them something. Um, and so uh, when, when I stepped into back into this role after church planting, um, our, our leadership team was like, hey, well, how about you help begin a young adult ministry? It's post COVID. We can start from scratch. Let's do something. I was like, great. Uh, so myself, alongside our associate pastor and one of our worship leaders, we just kind of got together and uh, started uh, connecting with young adults. Um, and so what we decided um, was to do a Tuesday night uh, service every other Tuesday night. Um, so our and that's still our rhythm today. Uh, we've been doing it for, I guess, almost two and a half years now. Um, every other Tuesday, uh, part of that was uh, the people that were leading the ministry, myself, our associate pastor, worship director, all of us were full-time other ministries at our church. And so we didn't want anybody to burn out. Um, and we wanted to kind of teach our young adults like, well, one, like we have Sunday morning every week. And so our hope is that you connect into that service. Um, so you don't need another weekly service to be a part of. Uh, but secondly, like let us teach you a rhythm of Sabbath every other week as well, where you don't feel like you have to just then come to a service again. Um, and so we've been doing that and we have, uh, and that's still our rhythm today. Like I said, every other Tuesday night, we have a really simple service um, is how I would describe it, I guess, uh, is we do worship, uh, we get in the word together, and then we fellowship. A lot of people will like just in different pockets will go eat somewhere afterwards. Um, and kind of speaking of response time, one of the things that we've, we've kind of created as our, as our culture is uh, I've always thought it was kind of funny, like response in the church happens during the last worship song only. Uh, I'm like, it can happen after that. Like, it doesn't have to be this, you know, cry moment uh, at the altar during the, you know, the last worship song. Um, so we really like at the end of every service, we say, hey, if you didn't respond right now during the song, that's totally cool. Uh, there's leaders planted around the room, uh, look for them. And if you want to talk, like pull them outside, like, or go out to eat together, uh, response can still happen. A conversation can still take place. You can still give your life to Jesus. You can still talk about whatever it is that you need prayer for beyond the five minutes that we had in worship. Um, and so that's kind of been a little bit of our culture too, which I think has been really cool. Um, and really for us as young adults, um, I really wanted to provide for them a place of rest, uh, with our services. Um, we, and, and this is probably true of every church is my guess. Uh, churches really expect a lot out of young adults, which, which makes sense. They're young, they're passionate, uh, they're talented. They can do a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, but they're also probably busier than we think, right? They have, uh, you know, some of them have jobs, they're in school full time. Some of them are athletes in school. Um, and then they, you know, families, friends, all that stuff. And so I just kind of saw like, man, we're asking a lot of them. I just want them to feel like they can just come and rest and worship and find community. And so we, we have a really just easy service where I feel like we've kind of created that environment for them to come and just have rest uh, and worship uh, God just in that moment. Uh, so that's been really cool for us. And we just kind of want to keep fostering that uh, reality for our services. Uh, but yeah, and and it's been it's been fun. We try to answer questions that young adults have um, a lot of times in our Tuesday night services. Uh, we pull questions a lot from them. And then sometimes we'll do like a Tuesday night session where we hit on that topic. And then we do a post like Q&R after the topic. So we say, hey, we just gave this message on X topic. If you guys want to stick around, we're going to do a Q&R uh, right after this. Feel free to do this. We'll pass around a mic uh, to, for questions. And so we like doing that because I think one, and, and we all know this, but um, a lot of our young adults are finding answers and content outside of the church, right? And so we, we mm. don't know what yep. they're learning and what they're listening yeah. to. And so, and then maybe they feel like the church is not a safe place to ask these kind of questions because they don't want to be judged or whatever. Uh, one of my favorite stories uh, in scripture 
is when the disciples see Jesus praying and they say, Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like prayer is like, you should know how to do that as a disciple. Like you're a follower of Jesus. You should know how to read the Bible. You should know how to pray. But I felt like they were willing to say like, all right, one of the most basic spiritual disciplines that I should probably already know, but I see Jesus and, and something's different about his prayer life. Like I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to ask that question. And so we, we try to cultivate that. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions here. Uh, we're going to give you our response and, and you may not agree with it. Like, I don't know if you're a believer in Jesus or not, but, but we're going to give you our response of what we think biblically about this topic. And that's kind of created a really cool, healthy culture for us to where we want to create a, a safe space where they can come and ask questions uh, and hear what we have to say about it. So, so sometimes uh, we do like a Q and R response after services, which is a lot of fun as well. Danny, I love that you're you're creating a culture, but you're also allowing them to help cultivate it. And I think so yeah. as leaders, we're afraid to let the volunteers in even after the vision has been casted, which is really bizarre in leadership. But I think that's a tension that a lot of people wrestle with and need yeah. to learn how to manage. And it's a it's a power trip, maybe in the human side of all of us. There's like this struggle that goes on of like, this is my baby. This is our vision. It's like, well, yes. Without vision, yeah. the people perish, but without people, you're going to perish. Like the vision. 100%. It's, it's, I, I was going to say that in reference know? to like, uh, like the call to ministry aspect. Uh, cause I do feel like one of the fears is that if we build up people, then we might lose our jobs. Um, like as ministers of the gospel, right? Like, all right, like if I'm building up this person and, and they're really talented, they may take over as the young adult pastor one day. And then what am I going to do? Right. Um, uh, and I do think that's a fear for a lot of, uh, ministry leaders, pastoral leaders. Uh, but it's like, like we should always be working ourselves out of a job. Right. Yes. Um, and trusting God that he, that he's going to show up in your life to do something else. Um, but I, I do think that maybe that's. I don't know if that's like the main reason, but that could be an underlying reason of like, I'm not going to really train someone up and disciple them uh, because I, I'm afraid that I might lose what I've been building up myself. And so uh, I think we need to like release that fear. Uh, when you look at Jesus, like he's just like, all right, I'm going to go find someone to disciple. And I think now the expectation is someone should ask me to disciple them. But like Jesus, like Peter, come follow me, right? James, John, come follow me. Like he's calling people out. And I think we have to maybe get back to that of like, I see this in you. Let me help build you up uh, and just use whatever experience I have to do this. And you see Paul doing that really well with Timothy as well. Yeah. I believe so that if you are one of those people who's always raising up other leaders and working yourself out of a job, I think there's always work and a role for you in God's kingdom. Oh yeah. Come on. That's so good. The sky is the limit. Like well, God yeah. honors that too. What is your dad? Yes. Cream rises to the top. Mm. Yeah. It rises to the top. And it's like, if we're people who are demonstrating that, like we're going to be wanted and utilized in other roles or positions as we age or age out of yeah. whatever season we're in, you know? So Danny, taking it one step deeper with this concept that we're kind of talking about for the, the young adult ministry leader who's listening, well, you talked a little bit about like the reducing of burnout, um, mm -hmm. letting people rest. How do we empower all our volunteer teams and how have you structured your volunteers while allowing their potential to be unleashed, but channeled in and through the ministry to essentially hit the bullseye every time, you know, like with the vision, yeah. with the ministry and what God is doing inside, you know, the walls of your church. That's good. Uh, I, so uh, the building up of our team and volunteer team is, uh, that's something we're definitely working on right now. A lot of our current leaders uh, we call them dream teamers at our church. Um, there are young adults themselves. And so I'm trying to recruit older adults to pour into young adults. That way it's not just them pouring into each other. Um, and a lot of them serve in multiple ministries already. So I'm the same thing back to the burnout thing. 
And so as far as the actual service itself, uh, very stripped down, we have like a greeting team, prayer team, obviously a worship team, production team to run the you know slides and things like that. Um, so outside of that, we don't really do a whole lot during the service times. Uh, but I, part of the way I, I lead and, and provide leadership is I love empowering as much as possible. Um, and so I, I'm big on like, I'm going to share the platform. So like this past Tuesday night, uh, I didn't teach our young adult intern taught and she did a phenomenal job. It was her first time teaching. Uh, and I love that. And so recently we've created a teaching team to help structure um, the messages for Tuesday nights. And, and the team is built up of young adults that I kind of saw, like, I think you might uh, enjoy teaching. Like you feel like that might be your calling. Um, and so it, it's, you know, the easier thing for me to do is to create an outline of a series through the book of James by myself. And, and I feel like I'm going to crush this. Right. And so that's just, you know, my, my prideful self, uh, the humbling thing to do is to invite people into the room and say, y'all help me create this. And I'd love to get your input on this. Um, so we did that a couple of months ago, as we're literally structuring the series that we're in through the book of James and they helped create a tagline, an outline of the whole series. Um, it's going to be like a 12 week series, uh, based on different topics. And so each one of them are going to get a different Tuesday night to teach on the topic that they're passionate about. And so I, I think when you empower people, they become passionate, uh, which then they get more excited to invite more people to come be a part of this. And then you're just going to see growth happen. And then obviously you're building a ministry that's not based on yourself. Uh, so if God ever does call you out, like you have people who are just ready to step in and go. Um, and so that's, that's kind of been really cool. Like I, I try, like I'm at this weird mode. Uh, the other day I was, we had young adults, I was on stage and one of our young adults goes, Hey, uh, skinny jeans aren't in anymore. And I was like, okay, like now you making me feel old. That's not cool. Uh, but whatever, but I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm aging out of this. Right. Uh, I, I still think I'm cool. I don't know if I really am or not. Um, so like, I need to get their input, uh, that way they, they are part of a ministry that they get excited about to then want to invite more people, uh, because that's what it's about. Like, it doesn't really matter what my preferences are. It's, it's, what do they think about this? Is this a place that they feel excited to invite their friends? And so I really try to uh, really incorporate a lot of response from them uh, to be able to build up what we're trying to build up. And so a lot of that happens outside of our service time, uh, try to connect over coffee or things like that. Uh, just have some conversations of where do you think we are? What, where do you feel like where we're going? Uh, is it a good direction? Just to kind of gain some input. But uh, yeah, I love getting their responses and, and really helping older adults feel that as well, too. Yeah. Intergenerational ministry is powerful. This thing mm -hmm. is generational. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember the church that I was um, on staff at, it, it was very intergenerational and um, changed in a lot of like stylistically, a lot of things happened. There was a mm -hmm. sanctuary renovation, a new sound system, a change to, you know, over the last number of years to more modern worship music and louder and you know, some people complained, like we did prayer requests and, um, every, every Monday morning, our staff would get together. And I remember one of the prayer cards said, I pray that they turn the worship music down. So that was one oh, response. That's called passive aggressive Minnesotan. <laughs> for sure. All right. For sure. But the vast majority, this is what I observed. There, there was those outliers, but the vast majority of people got on board Yeah, and they, yeah. You know, they sang songs. And to this day, they're singing songs 
that people tend to prefer songs within about 10 years, plus or minus of when they came to faith. Yeah, and so if you're that's funny. That's so good. 80, you're thinking of the Gaither, you're thinking right. you know, this and that and hymns for sure. And to see how contemporary Christian worship music has it's changed. Evolving. Right. I've yeah. just, I, I guess a word to our generation and those young leaders. Okay, right now, our preferences are probably in. The mm-hmm. music at a lot of the conferences we go to, it's like, oh, this is just right. Mm-hmm. But you know what? As we age and yeah. as younger leaders emerge with a style that's and preferences that are different than ours, what you said, Danny, mm-hmm. is I want to get out of the way and I want to lay down my preferences for what's going to reach the next generation because this isn't mm-hmm. about us. And right. we've come to the point where we love to put make five it more minutes. about you. Yes. <laughs> five and five? Such, five and five. That was a great transition. On the clock. <laughs> we've got the transition queen uh, of podcast transitions. We're going to five and five, Danny, up first. Let's do it. Tell us about, you know, you're passionate about reading. If you're a great follow on mm. Instagram and you're posting about books, you read as many as anyone else I know. <laughs> what does your 2024 reading plan look like? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, so it's it's kind of funny. Over the past couple of years, I've actually, I just now have an ongoing Google Doc of just books I want to read. Uh, and that list keeps growing and growing and growing faster than I'm reading. Um, and so now, like this kind of started like two years ago, I'm just pulling books from that reading list uh, to start. Um, so that, that's been my growing reading list. Um, and, and yeah, I love it. A lot of times people are like, hey, what are you reading? I just send them that Google Doc. Um, and so, cause it's just been like stuff that have been recommended, books that I see, books that sound interesting. And I just throw it on that, on that Google Doc and try to knock it out uh, as best as I can. Uh, but I do have a couple of books that I'm really excited for uh, that I've already kind of purchased now. Uh, one, I try to read a systematic theology every year. Uh, right now I'm reading through the Portable Seminary, which has been a really cool resource. Um, and so I'll, I'll basically go like to half price books. Um, I'll find a systematic theology book and then just kind of read through it. Uh, so I'll definitely have that on my list. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow, uh, I think his name is Tim uh, Chalice, I think is his name. Uh, he has a blog called Visual Theology. And cool. every year he posts a reading challenge. Um, and what I love about it, I found this man like seven or eight years ago. Um, and every year he updates it. Uh, but it's it gives you book prompts. So like read a book about prayer, read a book about discipleship, read a book about blank. And, and what you do is you then find a book based on that topic. And so um, a couple of years ago, I just copied and pasted. He gives you like a hundred topics to choose from. Um, and now I just try finding books based on that. And so one of them that I really enjoy is uh, read a book you've read before. Um, and so a book I read at the start of every year uh, for the past uh, six or seven years or so is The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Uh, I love starting the year with the topic of spiritual disciplines. It's just kind of, it just kind of like builds that foundation. Uh, so I'm really excited to get into that again. And then normally what I'll do is I'll try to uh, choose one of the disciplines to kind of practice over the course of the year or so. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, and then, oh, at the conference that we went to, just uh, um, it was a speak conference in Atlanta back in like April. Yeah, uh, really? they had a table of just historical literature. Uh, man, I was blown away, and and gosh, I could have spent all my money there. Uh, but and I have this book. I knew you were going to ask this question, but the Pilgrim's Progress, like this copy, yeah. uh, yeah. is 
gorgeous. So I bought this there. I haven't read it yet. And so this is on my 2024 list. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to dive into that. Um, and then I'm a big fan of John Mark Homer. So uh, I'm just ready for his new book to come out. Um, yeah, super excited for that one as well. But yeah, I have several stuff on there. I love biographies. Um, I read a lot of nonfiction stuff. Uh, I don't do fiction a whole lot, but I kind of want to venture into that in 2024. So I may throw up uh, some recommendations on Instagram to see what people say, but yeah, excited. Here we go. Here's question number two. What is your favorite sports team? If you have one? Oh, they're not doing too hot this year, but that's okay. We're fighting for a top pick. Uh, New England Patriots. I love the Patriots. Big Pats guy. I actually was a big Mac Jones guy and it's not looking good. So (laughs) let's move on. Move on to the next thing. It's okay. Yeah. A hobby. Any hobby you have. Oh, yeah. A big hobby uh, is coffee. Um, Man, I I love the art of making coffee. That sounds super like hipster cheesy. And I'm wearing a beanie and everything saying that with the flannel. Uh, But I love coffee. Yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. It's it's a it's a hobby and a habit every morning. Uh, It I feel like when I wake up and and I make a slow pour, it really slows my morning down. Uh, to kind of pause and think. And so it kind of has become like a spiritual thing for me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love coffee a whole lot and fantasy football. I can chat fantasy football all day long with anybody. So let's do it. Funny. All right. Question number four, Danny, if you could travel to anywhere, where would you go and what snack mm. would you bring? Oh, so driving, traveling, whatever, you or I guess it could be a flight. Yeah. Um, uh, man, I, I'm a big, I, I want to see cities. And so I, yeah, we lived in New York city, which was great. Uh, but there's a couple of cities I've never visited. Uh, Chicago, I'd love to visit there. Uh, I'd love to go to Portland one day, mainly for the coffee scene. Um, Minneapolis, let's do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I would love to to just go visit more urban context, urban cities. I, I love that vibe, the energy that the, that the city brings. Um, yeah, and just the things that you can do in a city. Uh, so I do that. Uh, and man, my biggest road trip snacks, anything sour, Sour Patch Kids, uh, sour straws, uh, sour skittles, anything sour, and a sugar-free Red Bull. I love, I love that. That's my my combo. Make it for the sugary candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just tastes a little better, in my opinion. Amazing. Okay, here's the curveball to close. If you could ask Mike and I any question, what would you want to find out today? Oh man, to ask you guys a question, uh, it would be something surrounded around like parenting uh I, I look at your instagrams and i love following you and you guys seem like amazing uh like you just love your kids really well uh, summer and i are parents to a one-year-old and so just learning from from parents who've kind of been there and you guys have two kids i believe correct yep. uh right now we're in the stage of like should we have two one's really hard uh so it's like i would ask the question of how did you know like 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 let's go for a second one uh and how do we thrive now that it's like you know man to man now not a zone defense anymore uh so how to thrive as as parents of multiple kids would probably be my question you gotta go sure i'll go fast uh zero to th- two is like survival is zero <laughs> yeah. you're trying to um with two kids within them and and ours are 16 months apart so they're so so close like we've mm. had about three and a half years of no survival sleep. a little bit because Gosh, you're yeah. you're learning how to feed and sleep and potty train and teeth and there could be sickness or sleep regression or adjusting and mm. but but like i would say this um for us our girls are both getting to the point where we want to pass along faith to them mm-hmm. and mm, come on 
Bible memorization yeah. means the world to me. Mm-hmm. It's like writing God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. So we've done, I think, seven weeks mm-hmm. in a row, seven verses, and the girls are- Oh, so cool. Started with Joshua. I love that. Be strong, be brave. God's with me. We do daddy-daughter mm-hmm. dates. We do mommy-daughter dates. Yesterday, Aurora, our oldest, three and a half, she wanted to learn a new verse- and so in the beginning was the war, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's our new verse this week. And on Mondays, that's what we do. But I, I just think for us, um, kids spell love time, Jody burnt one of our most viewed and downloaded podcasts mm-hmm. we've ever done. She wrote a book called praying the scriptures for your children. Wow. And so I just think of prayer and scripture. And yeah, it's going to feel like survival when two kids are crying. It is overwhelming for me. But at the same time, (laughs) it's like in January, we decided we're going to go on vacation. We're going to go to a beach. Mm -hmm. We're going to do life together and just have fun. I mean, go there. What what are your insights on parenting? On parenting, I think as parents, God willing, how many you can have um, is beginning with the end in mind. Who, mm. What do you want your Christmas table to look like 20, 30 years from now? Wow. Is it just going to be zero kids? Is it going to be 10 kids and their spouses if they get married? Like, wow. what do you want the That's house huge. to look like, to feel like, to smell like? Do you want, they? I want our kids to want to come home for Christmas. I want them to want to have mm. relationship with us. And one thing I've learned in parenting is, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast before, and it's it rings true to me, so I'm just going to keep on sharing it. Come on. And it is, um, there's a reason why the Bible says, teach a child in the way they should go, not control a child in the way they should wow. go. Because so many times I want to control the environment. I want to control their Oof. their moods, their sure. attitudes, their meltdowns. Their, like We can definitely, we have the ability to help them navigate their emotions, identify their emotions, explain their emotions, but I cannot control them. I can set the table in the room in a sense of like spiritual climate. They can adjust that. So I would just be intentional, like praying into Lord, what do you have for us? And what is, what is, what does the future look like for us? Or what do you want that to look like? And begin to ask yourself, is everybody here or is somebody missing? Start praying that Lord, is everybody here or is somebody missing? And if somebody's missing God in your time, if it's a surprise, well, let us be surprised. If it's adoption, if it's fostering, if it's whatever, let it be so. And when you put that in God's hands and we just kind of let go of the wheel, we'll realize we're not really in control of anything. (laughs) To put it, to put it plainly, like we are in control of literally nothing aside from our relationship and our dedication to the Lord. That's the one Mm -hmm. thing that we get to choose each and every single day. And that's how we begin our marriage. uh, Whenever the four of us hung out together, uh, you know, with my wife, Summer, uh, we drove to, uh, we're in Atlanta, drove out to a campground, about an hour and a half drive. But I I think I remember you saying that Micah of like, like, is someone missing? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, to have that be our prayer. And then I love what you said about the control. I'm, I'm like type a Enneagram eight, I'm going to control the room. And so when, when Jaden does have like an outburst, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, it's so hard. But then like 10 minutes later, he's napping and I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Um, but I love what you said, like, just in those moments, like, how do we, like, like we can only control ourselves. I actually just read this not to compare a kid or a baby to a dog, but in, um, in, uh, the night is normal by Alicia Britt Sholee. Yes. She says like, like when a dog is barking, like you can't tell the dog to do something different. Like it's going to do what a dog does. The only thing you can control is your response to it. Yes. And I was like, gosh, I almost like broke down in tears reading that. Cause it automatically made me think like, 
Like, I don't want to outburst because something in this home is not the way I want it right now. And so that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, didn't know y'all were going to answer right then and there. I thought you were going to turn into like a different like social content. So I loved it. That was so helpful. This is what keeps us on our toes. We don't know what's coming. This is the curveball for us. Are you ready in and out of season, right? That's right. (laughs) But man, we're grateful for you. Thanks for leading strong in Mm -hmm. South Texas. Thanks for your burden and passion for God, for his glory, for the next generation and the local church and leading the way in young adult Mm -hmm. ministry. We're grateful for you, man. And appreciate you guys so much. Love what y'all are doing. Big fans. Uh, can't wait to hang out again for sure. Perfect. It'll be fun. Love it. You're listening to the Young Adults Today podcast.